All right, y'all. This is your man, El Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. About to get your work week started off right. Uh, like I said, we're just going to get right into it with the word on the street. I know I've been uh, planning to talk about this for a while, but we're going to get into it. Of course, we have an election next year. Uh, we're going to be going over some of the presidential candidates today. Of course, over time, uh, as as candidates arise, I'll be going over how, you know, Congress uh, races, Senate races, and whatever ballots, uh, especially statewide ballots that might show up on this uh, well, the election coming up next year. So as time uh, progresses, I'll get deeper into it. Uh, but first and foremost, I guess we're going to talk about what well, I will be talking about the presidential nominees uh, for next election. Uh, starting with the Republican Party, uh, I will be going, of course, we already know about uh, the big dog, Senor Trump. Uh, we're going to move on from him. I'm going to start off with the leading uh, candidate right now for the Re Republican Party. Uh, this is Bill Weld. He is a former governor of Massachusetts, serving between 1991 and 1997. Uh, he was also the uh, Libertarian nominee of vice president in uh, 2016. So the last election, he was a part of that for the Libertarian Party. Now, mind you, for those of you who might not uh know who the libertarian party are i just call them junior republicans they're pretty much they pretty much side along the same things uh they're they they might be a little bit uh libertarians might be a little bit more social um well they might be more into social causes just depending on the the individual uh but they tend to be conservative financially more into trade and all all sorts of things that republicans would generally uh go along with uh but however uh, he did serve as an attorney general uh of massachusetts during the 80s uh he won 109 financial conventions he went after big businesses uh big uh corporations so on and so forth and he definitely had a good track record of, against like i said going against them uh he challenged them he won numerous lawsuits so on and so forth uh, as government he also uh used his uh, used his position to prevent gun sales to people 21 and other uh 20 21 and under. He has since renounced that law, though. So there you go. Uh, he was also pro-choice uh, during his time as governor. Uh, he basically uh, made it well, gave easy access or made made it easier for women to, women to attain abortions. Uh, however, he did privatize human services, uh, leading to a loss of jobs for many state employees. So, like again, you see that he's uh, involved in some social aspects. Of course, uh, he, you know, did a lot for Planned Parenthood. Uh, like I said, abortions for women, so on and so forth. Uh, him, he was also pro-choice. However, he privatized uh, human services. Uh, which ones per se? I'm not exactly 100% sure. Uh, but human services, you know, welfare, so on and so forth. Uh, probably municipal services, uh, probably power, water, stuff like that. Uh, like I said, that's privatized, which which means they are owned by private companies. They're not state-run. Uh, you are at the whim of whoever, basically, you're paying. But you pay, even if it was state-run anyways, you still have to pay your taxes. But that's the point that I'm trying to make here. So he's a little bit in the middle uh, from kind of what I've gotten. Uh, again, like I said, there is the pro-choice pro element. And that's the thing about libertarians or people who have been a part of the Libertarian Party. Uh, they tend to uh, they tend to come off conservative about a lot of things, especially specifically spending money, so on and so forth. Uh, but they'll give you a wild card. Again, they'll, they'll be, uh, again, there was, uh, he was rated, uh, his city was rated high uh well he was rated a, a very uh, he was a highly graded uh 
governor uh, back between the 90s. 91, he was graded 90. Uh, he was graded a B. Uh, city was uh, also actually his state uh, was given a rank of B. Also, he uh, had an A rating in 94. So uh, he was very popular as a governor. Again, I don't know how that translates, of course, to running a whole nation. But again, being that he has uh, some liberal leanings to him, uh, makes him might make him a popular guy amongst conservative voters or more so amongst uh, I, I would say probably more so on the fence voters so especially with what we have going on now maybe within the Republican Party we'll start to see what I mean because there's there's some very in my opinion there's some very interesting layers uh, developing within the Republican Party so there's very uh, you're starting to see there's differences between each type of Republican almost so you know, for them, this is an interesting. This is this should be an interesting election for uh, the Democrats, but you know, very interesting for the Republicans because again, we're seeing a divide within both parties uh, between a young and old type faction. Is what I, at least this is what I'm trying to. This is what I'm starting to see. Uh, other possible candidates for the Republican Party, of course, we have Bob Corker, senator out of Tennessee, uh, staunch immigration law, staunch uh, crime uh, stopper. That's what he claims to be. Of course, he uh, supports Trump and all. Basically, his his uh, his demands uh, is basically I would say a, a yes man for Trump. Uh, definitely uh, for that wall, one of the few uh, senators out there that's pushing the wall. You know, regardless of what's going on, regardless of having a government shutdown, he's one of the few uh, out there that's really pushing that hard line for Trump. You also got John Kasich, uh, Kasich, uh, governor, former governor of Ohio. Uh, he served between 2011 and 2019. Also, a little bit conservative as well. Uh, he was also a candidate in 2000 and 2016. So this, of course, is not his first rodeo. He's been there before. Uh, he's garnered a lot of different support from a lot of different people over the past few years, black and white. Uh, again, it's um, again. I think the Republican Party and certain individuals, you know, they're. You know, they're they are who they are. And you starting I guess you're seeing it more and more now. But, uh, you know, there's some there's some uh, Republicans that are more liberal than others or, of course, some that are way more conservative than others. And then you have Trump, who's just I don't know what to make of the guy. Uh, however, their convention will be held in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I guess that that's where they feel like their home base is going to be. I think they're looking to try to take North Carolina as a state uh, eventually, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, moving on, we have, we're going to go on to the Democrats, and they are led, well, their main nominee right now, uh, well, their main can leading candidate as of now is uh, uh, Senator Cory Booker. Uh, he's a senator out of New Jersey by way of Washington, D.C. Uh, he's been serving there since 20, in New Jersey since 2013. He also was the mayor of Newark, and he was a founder of Newark Now, back during his first mayoral campaign in 02 which he currently lost now uh, Newark now which is officially defunct as a company now that will when I looked them up which is kind of sucky uh, in my opinion but it was a social services program which is hence why I think it was sucky that it was closed down as of today uh, it ceased it ceased to operate uh, but it was supposed to provide job training uh, provide housing assistance so on and so forth within the Newark area which I thought was very important and I think which led to his uh, elect eventual election as mayor of Newark I believe it was in uh, 2006 now uh, the second time around uh, when he was you know, when he was elected uh, as mayor, he went ahead and sued the former mayor, James Sharp, for pretty much corruption, uh, misappropriating the city's fund, uh, funds and so forth. And he was actually actually able to win 
in uh, state court. So he has a track record of, of doing uh, doing some things, going after at least his former uh these former mayors and making them, you know, responsible for what happened in the city. Because, uh, as for those of you who do not know, financially, uh, Newark is still struggling. But especially during that time, uh, there was a lot of corruption going on. Uh, a lot of, uh, well, like I said here, this is what you know their former mayor was sued for, uh, just for misappropriating funds. Uh, there was an issue with uh, some type of construction going on in certain neighborhoods not being done, or uh, certain tax write-offs. So just, just tax, just. You know, to make it to make a long story short, I can't explain all the legal jargon myself. Uh, just know the former mayor uh, before Cory Booker's time was basically trying to get over on tax money and, and all that and not really putting it into developing communities. That's all I needed to say. Um, and that's an assassination attempt on Mr. Booker's life was thwarted and it was attempted by the Bloods. Uh, of course, this was uncovered due to his uh, harder stance on crime. Uh, we're going to get into that. Um now he's a member of well he was a member of mayors against illegal the i'm sorry he was a member of the mayors against illegal guns coalition matter of fact if i'm not mistaken he was a co-founder of it now under his time newark uh, did witness its largest reduction of crime uh, matter of fact it was leading the nation in crime reduction between 20, 20 uh, sorry 2006 and 2008 uh, now in March 2010 was their first ever month without crime in 44 years now of course we're gonna have a lot of people saying yeah well black people got locked up or brothers got locked up but do you not want crime in your community do you not want to get shot at every day it's a catch-22 I, I don't get it I like to hear that we're not shooting each other. I don't care about, you know, if people got to get locked up. That's kind of what happens when you shoot each other. That's my opinion. But like I said, he did a lot to thwart crime. Um, now, he became the first black senator elected from New Jersey. Uh, this was in 2013, like I said. He also co-sponsored and voted for the Employment Non-Discrimination Act, which allow, which this allows, what, like it says, this allows, disallows, uh, discrimination on employment level based on sexual orientation uh gender race religion so on and so forth it it definitely stamps that because guess what that still exists uh now his big controversy oh he also supported sorry, sorry before i get any further he also first uh also pushed prison reform with the uh, first step act uh which al which allows for uh many things including uh more hygiene in females female facilities uh more uh crisis prevention and also training for prison guards and all things in order to improve the prison system as a whole now his big controversy comes from his support of a senator by the name of bob melendez now he uh now bob melendez uh, if you go further into him, uh, you'll find out that he has corruption allegations that were levied against him that were eventually dropped by the Justice Department. There was also a scandal with him and some underage prostitutes. Now, that is, that is his biggest uh, biggest faux pas, I would say, for lack of a better word. Uh, there's also that carpetbagger term, which I don't like. Uh, he suffered. Well, he heard that a lot. I know he had to go through that a lot with his first. I read a, a lot about this during his first mayoral campaign, uh, like I said, against James. James Sharp, uh, he, they definitely threw that, you know, 
posh or I guess the fact that he was suburban, a uh, suburban black man, they, they want to throw that in his face. So there's a lot of that. Of course, you're going to have uh, a black intention that's, that's, that's hyped up on where people live and where people grew up and will basically talk shit about you and talk about how you're not as black as them. That's a contingent too. Kamala Harris faces that too. I think that's, that's preposterous, uh, so on and so forth. Still, you still got to be knowledgeable of the situation. You still got to be able to make a change. It looks to me that like Cory Booker was trying to make a change, regardless of where he came from. Uh, and I think that definitely needs to be uh, looked at in some type of way. I don't. I'm. I'm very um, questioning about his relationship with Bob Melendez. Uh, again, like I said, the, the charges against that man were dropped. Uh, again, but there's just that controversy there. You don't really know uh, what the deal is with that. But outside of that, it seems to me. Uh, outside of people may might have might well aside of people thinking he might be out of touch on a level of Kamala Harris, I don't really see it. Again, he's done he's done uh, his part. Uh, my and the only real thing that I the only real knock that I will have against him is the fact that Newark now, like I said, the social service, social service program that he originally started in his first run for mayor is no longer open. I thought that if you know I, I would figure that if you know your goal is to improve the certain situations in cities or in certain communities, you would keep those type of programs open. I don't know if he had anything anything to do with his closing per se, uh, but I would have liked to to have seen that it was when I looked it up. I would have liked to see that it still is, is, is existing and still helping people in that community because god knows god knows they need it uh moving on uh some other notable uh some other notable candidates we got are julian castro he is the former u.s secretary of housing and urban development and he was a former mayor of san antonio texas i um i got a chance to watch some of his speeches a while back uh during the last few elections I'm actually a fan of this guy. I, of course, I don't really live in an area that's, you know, under his jurisdiction, so I wouldn't be able to tell you uh, right away uh, what he's done on a tangible level, political, uh, politically wise, uh, political on the political level. Uh, but definitely somebody who's a new face. I've, I, like I said, I've heard him speak before. He seems to understand what's going on. Uh, he's definitely a pro-immigration. Um, I know for a fact that that's his background, so he's definitely pro-immigration, pro trying to get uh, Latinos established in this country and on a political level, which is just like a lot of these people, Cory Booker is kind of doing for us in a way. Uh, again, there's no, uh, again, I, he's well-spoken. Uh, like I said, he's already had some development in politics. Again, he's been, he, well, he was a former uh, secretary of housing and urban development. And also, like I said, a mayor. So he, you know, he has, he's cut his teeth. Uh, he's been around on the national stage. Uh, if you haven't uh, seen too much of him, I would look up more of him. Uh, moving on, though, we have Tulsi, uh, Tulsi Gabbard. She is a U.S. Uh, representative from Hawaii. Now, she is the youngest Congress member in Hawaiian history. She's also the first Samoan American to serve in Congress. Uh, so all my partners and to all my tongues and my islanders, big up, y'all doing it, much respect. Uh, she also introduced Talia's Law, uh, and this is uh, this was um, enacted in order to fight child abuse and neglect on military bases. And she has a military background as well, serving in the in the Coast Guard as well. So she's also a do it all. I like it. I like the young energy that we have here, uh, that the Democrats do have here. She's seen well. She's thirty seven years old. Uh, she's been in all different facets of you know 
community, whether it be military and, you know, politics as well. Uh, again, it's, like I said, she's 37 years old, pretty young, has some has some years to go probably uh, before she's really on a national scale, getting getting all that love and all the publication. Uh, but definitely a name to that name is going to be around on that level. Of course, you also on the Democratic side, you also got Joy, Joe Biden that hasn't made it official yet, uh, but definitely plans on joining the mix at some point. And most recently, Recently, you got Bernie Sanders, everybody's favorite old man that they didn't vote for uh, last time around. He will be voting. Uh, I'm sorry. He will be uh, making his run. Actually, he's already made his run official uh, about a week ago. So he's ready to go. And uh, again, I'm going to call it. Or just, well, actually, yeah, I'm going to take a break for right now. Um, I just wanted to go through just the main uh presidential nominees for now of course we have a senate to talk about we have congress to talk about of course we have measures and all that that we will be getting to as well just want to get you guys set up wanted to get you guys knowing about who's out there uh the best that i can do of course i will be providing more information on each and one of these guys as the information is revealed to me <laughs> so for now i'm going to take a quick break and we will be talking about the oscars real quick I'm gonna breeze through that gonna talk a couple of winners and of course um spike lee has won his first oscar we're gonna talk a little bit about that as well and what that means and if it's all important and all that of course you know how i feel about you know Oscars and award shows and stuff like that. But anyways, outside of that, on tap for today, uh, we also got some college hoops. I will be going over the scores over the weekend, some of the, the top 25 scores, of course. And then, of course, we'll be going over the top 25 rankings in general. And then I plan on finishing off uh, with some NFL news. We're going to be talking some Robert Kraft, leaving it there for right now. And then, of course, we got some MLB news, some baseball news. Going to be going over some spring training. And then uh, we're going to talk some Bryce Harper. So for now, I'm going to take a quick break and i'll be right back all right y'all i am back i'm going to be talking about these oscars we had last night i did not uh, watch it per se but i definitely uh, i'm going to talk about a few of the winners that i uh, found interesting of course for a few of the more notable winners of course uh, starting off with the best actor category uh, rami malik won that uh, with his performance in bohemian rhapsody of course he played uh, leeds formerly singer freddie mercury i know i saw from what i've heard from that movie it was really great the way that he uh, and, it, and his performance itself was really what made the movie stand out uh, that movie was really uh, from what I've heard uh, really a great movie if you haven't checked it out I, I will uh, I sh you should and I will eventually myself uh, moving on uh, we got the best supporting actor uh, this one threw me off a little bit uh, but uh, it was a good one nonetheless she definitely deserved it uh, Masa, Masa Hela Ali won that uh, for his performance in the Green Book uh, that movie with Vito Morganson now that threw me off because just because of his role and the way that he conducted itself uh even just through the trailers now i didn't see the movie myself but i thought this guy was the lead actor and not Vito morkinson uh this what the story was about itself i would have thought uh mr ali would have been the lead actor in this movie and i you know would have been all i would have had no problem with seeing him win this award either uh for best actor just just by the way he performed but best supporting actor i suppose was good uh, again it threw me off because i just was the way he commanded it just from the, even the trailers. And I, again, I didn't see the movie, but the way Mr. Ali just conducted itself um, throughout what I was able to see, the bits and pieces I was able to see of that movie, he, he had lead actor written all over him. Um, and his new show, I think it's called True, Cri True Crime. 
man, that man is phenomenal. Uh, he's come a long way. He has a lot of range, a lot of uh, a lot of depth in his acting. So I, I, again, it was a good good win for him. Of course, I, I just I'm just surprised it was supporting and not lead. But um, and also uh, I read I came across an article. I have to read some more into it. Uh, but it looks like the the movie itself uh might have done a little bit of a disservice to the actual true uh historical content. But that's Hollywood for you. Moving on, uh, best actress we got Olivia Coleman for her uh performance in The Favorite. Uh, not only did she win it, a couple of a couple of the other women in that movie were nominated for best uh, best supporting roles as well, uh, including Rachel Weisz, who we all know from the Mummy series, and uh, you know that again is a this is another movie that i did not see the only movie that i saw that they talking about is black panther uh but again these are all critically acclaimed movies if you have not checked them out if you're into the if you're into those uh genres i'd say do it i'm just not into that type of stuff a lot of a lot of the time uh but nonetheless i like to salute you know those who achieve things so moving on uh for best supporting actress, we got uh, Regina King for her her role in If Bill Street Could Talk. Uh, that movie was also nominated uh, for a uh, for best director as well. Uh, so that's another great movie and best picture, of course. Without well, well, I don't know if it was a surprise to anybody who knows they film, uh, but Green Book won that and it also beat out Black Panther, Black Klansman, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, the favorite as well. Uh, so, you know. A lot of upsets from what I could see, or a lot of things that I wasn't uh, expecting uh, to see win. Uh, Black Panther, of course, won a couple awards, I believe, for costume design, uh, I believe, soundtrack, something like that as well. And, of course, Black, uh, the big news is Spike Lee, your boy, uh, the OG director, has finally uh, won himself an Oscar. He won this for Best Adapted Screenplay for Black Klansman. Now, um, I think it's a good win for him. I just feel like it's like hella late in his career. Like he could have won this for so many different movies. And I'm not saying that Black Classic was not a movie that did not deserve it. But I'm just like, damn, this is the, of all the movies you've had, uh, Do the Right Thing, uh, She's Gotta Have It, uh, you know, just so on and so forth. You know, um, the movie he did with Denzel, uh, both of them actually, uh, Malcolm X, uh, I think it, I forgot the uh, Men of Honor, Men of Glory. Yeah, Glory. He could have got one for Glory as well. Um, just, just so many, just, just so many movies that he could have wanted for, and just so much love they could have been given him. Uh, it's good to see it now, though. It's really good to see it now. But that just goes to show you um, that you know, through it all, we don't, we're not necessarily the first, uh, the first in line to get these awards. Uh, the first in line to get you know, uh, saluted for our for our work. And I think it's it's a little suckish, but um, you know he finally got his, and I'm happy for him. Uh, he's worked he's worked a long time for this, and Black Klansman was a really good movie, so it definitely deserved it deserved it, and it was based off uh and, and for what I know, um, that movie was more was more uh into um at least the historical parts of what it was based off of than Green Book, so I'll give you that as well. I'll give you the, those passes on that as well. All right, y'all. I'm gonna take another quick break, uh, and then I'm gonna just, just so I can have some space between these topics. I'll be going into some college hoops next. Of course, like I said, I'll be going over the scores over this weekend, and that will lead me into my top 25. Of course, we're gonna talk some uh, talk some Zion Williamson as well. I almost forgot. All right, y'all. I will be right back. 
All right, y'all, we are back, and we're going to go over some college basketball. We're going to go over some top 25 action from over the weekend. We're also going to go over the top 25 rankings as well. Uh, let's get it started with number Tennessee going down yet again, uh, to at this time to LSU. The final score here is going to be 80-82. to 82. For LSU, they were led by their guard, Admiral Schofield. I talked about him a few times this season, 27 points, 9 rebounds. They were also helped out, helped out by their uh, forward, Grant Williams. He had 18 points, nine rebounds, also three assists. For LSU, they were helped out by the two guards, Javante Smart, 29 points, five rebounds, and also five assists. Skylar Mays also did his thing with 23 points, three assists, and also two rebounds. We also got Marquette getting it done against Providence, 76 to 58. Number three, uh, sorry, number three, Virginia, I believe it's still number three, uh, but they were able to get a win against Louisville, 64 to 52. Uh, Kentucky was also able to get it done against Auburn, 80 to 53. Iowa State took a loss. Uh, this time it was to TCU. 72 to 75 is going to be the score there. Uh, for number uh, for for Houston, uh, again they get another win. This time against South South Florida. 71 to 59 is going to be the score there. Uh, Texas Tech they got a big win. Uh, this time at home against Kansas, the final score here is 91 to 62. Let's break this one down. Uh, for Kansas, they were led by their forward, Dedrick Lawson. He had 14 points, five rebounds. For Texas Tech, they were led by two of their guards, Jared Culver. He had 26 points, four rebounds, and also two. Uh, sorry, four assists and also two rebounds. Matt Mooney also had 13 points and six assists. For Kansas, they are now at 20 and seven. This is like a down year for them. Uh, I don't think they're gonna. They're definitely not gonna win that that um that big 12 title this year as for texas tech they are now at 22 and 5 uh moving on uh we got uh maryland getting it done against ohio state 72 to 62 purdue also got it done against nebraska 75 to 72 uh florida state took an took an l to North Carolina, I had this pretty much uh, in UNC's favorites from the get-go. I knew Florida State was going to drop the game. They they have an easy schedule for the rest of this year, but I didn't really see them getting past North Carolina. The final score there was 77-59. to 59. Uh, Moving on, we got Kansas State getting it done against Oklahoma State, 85-46. We also got Virginia Tech getting it done against Notre Dame, 67-59. Uh, Duke was also able to get it done Without Zion Williamson, this, uh, the score here is 75 to 65. Duke also has some drama, well as well. Excuse me, it's not Duke, excuse me, but Syracuse has some drama as well with its head coach Jim Beheim. Uh, earlier last week, he actually killed somebody in a traffic accident. Um, it, it has proof. Well, the investigation was done. It was clear that it was he's not you know, guilty of killing the man. Uh, but again, just an awkward situation for Syracuse basketball at the moment. Uh, but again, uh, not to take away, Duke got a win there by 10, 76 to 65 is the score there. Uh, and finally, for Saturday, Wisconsin was able to get it done in some Big Ten action against Northwestern. 69 to 64 is the final score there. Let's move on to Sunday. Uh, we have only two top 25 games here, uh, but one of them was an upset. 
uh, Xavier, unranked Xavier, was able to take out Villanova 66 to 54. Uh, let's go over the, the stats here. For Villanova, they were helped out by their uh, forward, Eric Pascal. He had 17 points, two assists, and also two rebounds. Guard Phil Booth, I've talked about him a few times as well 14 points, six rebounds, and also four assists. For Xavier, they were helped out by their forward, Nigel Marshall. He had 17 points, seven rebounds, and also four assists. And guard Paul Scruggs uh, did his thing with 14 points four rebounds and also two assists uh you also got michigan state getting it done against their cross state rival Mich uh, michigan uh the final score here is seven uh, 77 to 70 um let's go over the stats here real quick for michigan state they were helped out by their guard Tremendous performance from him. Cassius Winston, 27 points, 8 rebounds, and also 2 assists. They were also helped out by their two forwards, Kenny Goins and Xavier Tillman. Goings had 17 points, uh, sorry, 16 points and 11 rebounds. As for T Tillman, he had 14 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists. For Michigan, they were helped out by their guard, Xavier Simpson. He had 19 points, 5 rebounds, as well as five, uh, 2 assists. Also, their forward, Ignis Brazikis, as usual, uh, 16 points, 9 rebounds, got some help from him as well. Michigan State's Michigan State moves up to 23 and 5 on the year. Michigan Michigan is now at 24 and 4. As for Villanova and Xavier, uh, Villanova Villanova is now at 20 and 8, still in the top 25, and Xavier is now at 15 and 13. Let's move on to the top 25. Of course, we have Washington there making their first. Well, before I get into it, we have two teams making their first appearances on the top 25, one making a return appearance. So let's get to number 25 uh, on the list. We have Washington 20 and 5, 22 and 5, excuse me. This is their first appearance this year in the top 25. They've won three in a row. Their last win was 64 to 55, uh, win against Colorado last night. And they are currently 13 and 1 in the pack in their in the Pac-12, which is good enough for first. Pretty solid team right now. 63 point, 63.6 uh, points a game allowed. This is 19th in the nation. Uh, they are also led by their guard, Matisse Thibault. He is a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year in the Pac-12. So, solidly, uh, defensively a sound team. Offensively, offensively, they could score as well. Uh, they play in a legit conference. The Pac-12, people have been pretty much eating each other alive this this year in the in this conference uh Oregon's having a down year Stanford isn't where it needs to be uh but it looks to be it looks it looks to me as Washington as well Washington is the team that's gonna well I did talk about Arizona State last week too uh Arizona definitely is good Arizona State is definitely gonna make the tournament the big time tournament this March uh however when it comes down to conference play it seems to me Washington might be the team to end up with that conference title. If we were talk about, if we if we were to say the season were to end today, my money would be with Washington. Uh, moving on, we have Warford. If you have not heard of them, this school is out of Spartanburg, South Carolina. So from the south, uh, they are currently 24 and four. This is their first appearance in the polls this year. They've won 15 in a row. Again, you don't hear much about them, so you wouldn't even know. They are 16 and 0 in the Southern Conference. Uh, the only undefeated team that I know about within conference play. And that goes to kind of show you what their strength of schedule is like and why it's taking them so long to get to the top 25. Houston has had to deal with similar issues as well, but they've kept winning. They've they've been able to rise in the rankings, but they have a similar situation with their strength of schedule. It's virtually non-existent uh, outside of maybe one opponent, which I'll get to in just a couple seconds. Uh, Wofford currently scores uh, 
83 points a game, which is good enough for 17th in the nation. And they are led by senior guard uh, Fletcher McGee, who averages 20.2 points a game and also 2.6 rebounds as well as one and a half assists. Moving on to number 23, again, we have a return from the Cincinnati Bearcats. They are now at 23-4 and at this point in the season. Their last win was 60-64. to They got another one against their the conference rivals Connecticut. They are twelve and two in the conference. Second, it's second there in the uh, second there behind Houston in the American, and they average uh, sixty one. Well, they only yeah they average. Um, I'm sorry, they only allow sixty one and a half points a game, which is good enough for eleventh in the nation. So again, you start to see a pattern of some good defensive teams. Uh, sixty three points, sixty points. That's a good average to have. A lot of these teams that you'll see as we get up in the rankings, you'll start seeing that they average some more, a lot more points a game. We'll get to the number one uh, team in the nation a little bit later from now. What they average a game is crazy. So it's good to see these teams keeping up in terms of defense and, and playing good defense out there. At number 22, we have Iowa. They are currently at 21-6. and six. They've dropped down a few places from last week. Buffalo, same situation. They are now at 24-3. and three. If I'm not mistaken, Virginia Tech has also dropped significantly as well. They are now at 21 in six at number eight at number 19 excuse me we have wisconsin who is now 19 and eight at number 18 we have florida state at 21 and six at number 17 we have maryland at 21 and seven at number 16 we have kansas state 21 and six at number 15 is kansas at 21 and seven i'm not too sure why kansas state is ranked behind kansas i think kansas state that being the wildcats are just a little bit better in my opinion defensively than kansas I think overall as a team, they're better than Kansas this season. So I'm not too sure why they're one spot behind the Jayhawks right now. At number 14, we have Purdue. They are at 20 and 7 as well. At number 12, for whatever reason, we have Nevada here. They have they have dropped a little bit. They must have taken a loss at some point last week. At number 11, we have Texas Tech. They are at 22-5. Uh, uh, I just talked about them getting a significant win against Kansas over the weekend. At number 10, we have Marquette. They do keep inching up the rankings. I like the way that they play basketball. They're probably, in my opinion, one of the more balanced teams in college basketball right now. That's just me. That's from my opinion. At number 9, we have Michigan. And Michigan is currently standing at 24-4. and At number 8, we have Houston, 26-1. and They've risen of uh, the rankings so far they are 18 and 0 at home and they've won 11 in a row overall they have they need just four more wins to pick a program uh, program record uh, so this is one of the most winning this season that they've had they are coached by ralph sampson a former nba great a former alumni of that school won some national championships there if i'm not mistaken with clyde drexler that being the five slamma jamma coalition along with akima lajuan at some point so some good things going on in Houston. I'm actually happy for them. They've risen. I've I've talked a lot of stuff about them um, just in terms of their strength of schedule this year, but they keep getting wins. And they are currently 15th in scoring, I'm sorry, 5th in scoring defense with 60 and a half points allowed a game. At number 7, we have Tennessee. They've dropped a couple places uh, since that loss. They have lost to Kentucky and also they took another loss, like I said, uh, this weekend to LSU. So now they are down at number 7. They're 24 and 3 thus far. Uh, number 6, we have Michigan State. They they got a, a, a good win against their state rival. They are now uh, 25 and 5. Uh, we also got you uh sorry north carolina uh they are 22 and 5. At number four, we have Kentucky. If as far as I know, they have 
at this point overtaking Tennessee's first um, number one seed, uh, number one seed in the tournament right now, uh, at least for the SEC, well, at least for their bracket. They're all the oh yeah. We'll we'll have to explain. I'll have to explain March Madness to you in the tournament brackets for those who don't know. This is coming up as well. Don't worry about it. We'll get to it. My bad, y'all. I forgot all about it. But number four, we have Kentucky, twenty-three and four. Twenty at number three, we have uh, Duke, twenty-four and two. They dropped a couple spots as well. And number two, we have a uh, another ACC team, uh, Virginia. They are at twenty-four and two. And finally, at number one, we have a new number one, of course. Gonzaga, 27-2. They've won 18 in a, row, in a row. They are another undefeated team, another undefeated team in the conference. You don't see that too much. These conferences, they play each other a lot. They know each other's backhand. So to see two teams at this point in the season undefeated in conference play, that being Wofford, that being Gonzaga, damn, all power to you. I don't see how you can do it. I don't see how you can play those teams that many times and they don't, they don't know how to beat you. I love it. But when you're Average 97, point, 97 points a game, almost 100 points a game. I can see why. And that's what Gazag is doing right now. That's top in the nation. And, of course, they are led by their boy, Rui Urchimura. 20.5 points a game, 6.7 rebounds, and also assists a game. Almost two assists, a, two, assists, two assists a game. So, as far as I know, at this point, Gazaga is the hottest team in the nation right now. This is what I'm seeing. Uh, they're definitely ready for tournament time. Nobody in that, in that conference is taking them. I... I think they finished undefeated. I don't know about Wofford uh, in their conference, but I know just through what I see right now, you're averaging 97 points a game. I got Gonzaga finishing undefeated in conference play. I've never seen it happen before, uh, but I got them doing it. All right, y'all, so I'm going to take another quick break. Actually, no, you know what? Let's just go through some NFL news real quick. I wanted to get this. Let's get this out of here. Now, we all know about Robert Kraft. For those, for those of you who do not know, uh, he is the owner of the New England Patriots. Uh, last Friday, he was arrested in Jupiter, Florida in a prostitution sting. Uh, he had been recently visiting a massage parlor, and it is said that he, has paid, uh, he had paid for sexual um, services and this is the whole this is the whole crux of the situation that that gets to me um now for one thing uh they had their issues against uh prostitution not being the law and all that you can go to jail for that i know that uh so on and so forth you can have your beliefs about that uh but the concerning thing here is that they're putting uh that they're well but they're uh well, not necessarily trying. What they're investigating is his involvement within a larger uh, network, and not only just uh, just looks to me like just paying for some some sex. Uh, there's also some trafficking going along there, and that's a serious allegation. Those are very serious allegations. I would not want to be in those shoes right now. No matter how much money you got, that's not. This is not the time period to be caught up in that type of stuff. Now, again, if it was simple prostitution, he just came over, he got his little massage, he wanted a happy ending. That's one thing. Uh, they're trying to put his name in a prostitution, or actually not just a prostitution, but a human trafficking, sex trafficking uh, type deal. And uh, that's that's significant, and that carries significant consequences. The NFL is doing is will do its just diligence, as it says. Uh, I have a I have a couple statement, couple quotes from their statement here. Uh, of course, they said we will well will take the appropriate action. And our personal conduct policy applies equal to everyone in the NFL. That's what they're saying. 
Um, and just in case you guys don't know, just in case there's some people out there that ah, they're owners, we'll see what the NFL does. There is some precedence to what the NFL does to its owners. They are held to some sort of standard. Uh, a few years ago, uh, a really reckless owner that you'll hear, if you if you ever do your history, you ever do your look, your research, you'll hear about uh, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, Mr. Jim Ursay. Um, very uh, polarizing figure, uh, definitely caught up with drugs, prostitutes, all the whole shebang. He's been fined many times, so on and so forth. So there is a line of discipline. Uh, there's also an owner, uh, actually the last, more recently, for those of you, I've talked about it. I think I did talk about it over last summer. Uh, but the owner, the former owner of the Carolina Panthers, his name is Jerry Richardson, former player in the NFL, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, he also has some issues dealing with some uh, um, well, I don't think it was prostitution, but it was it was some sexual misconduct, and he was forced to give up his ownership of the team. So there is precedent, and I'm not and I'm not saying that the NFL forces uh, Robert Kraft to give up ownership of the Patriots unless he's sent to prison or something like that. But there is precedence of them doing, you know, giving punishments to owners. Uh, so don't think that they're just gonna, you know, you know, you know, don't don't think that they're not gonna they're there's they're exempt because they're not. I've seen there's pretty there's pretty much a history of them of the NFL being able to well, punishing owners and or you know, uh, putting restrictions on them. So I don't know uh, what the NFL's punishment is going to be of course uh there uh, from what i well i did come across an article that said that he could be charged as early as today with something if there's charges to be had uh but again i'm not 100 percent sure and of course the league is going to still uh, have its statement or what it wants to do uh, its punishment so i don't know what that is in terms of the league i don't know if he's going to be charged yet as that as that information comes to me you you definitely will know all right, so I'm going to take a last of my last quick break. And again, we're going to be talking some baseball. I'm going to be going over some spring training base, spring, yes, yeah, springtime base. We call it spring training. We'll go over some spring training baseball. Also, we're going to go talk a little, just a little bit about some Bryce Harper. All right, y'all, I will be right back. All right, y'all, I am back and I'm going to wrap this up today. I'm going over some MLB action. Let's go over some spring training games real quick. Uh, for starters, the Padres were able to get done against the Chicago White Sox. 5-4 to four is the final score there. Keep your eyes open for first baseman for the for the first baseman for the Padres, Adeline Rodriguez. Two hits. He had four RBIs. Pretty good game from him. Uh, good showing from the from the Padres pitching staff and a uh, a one run win for a one run win for them. Uh, you also got the Rockies getting it. I'm sorry, the Mariners getting done against the Rockies. Four to two is the final score there. Uh, for the Mariners, Justin Sheffield got got some significant playing time. Had a pretty decent game. Two innings pitched, four strikeouts. Uh, good showing from him. And we're looking at a at a at a Mariners team that has a good a good lineup looking like in that bullpen. I like their pitchers that pitching staff right now. Uh, Nolan Arenado for the Rockies. He's also hit an RBI, so he's getting active as well as getting that bat warmed up. Uh, moving on, uh, the Angels uh, took a really bad L to the Reds, to, uh, Reds yesterday. 14-2 uh, is the final score there. Catcher Juan Rotterall. Juan Graterol and also Christian uh, Colon also had well had six RBIs between them and just just runs all over the place for the Reds. And uh, for the Angels, I don't know what to make of it. It's spring training. Um, Mike Trout played. He didn't really do anything, but it's spring training. Uh, you can't take too much away, but I like the bats that the Reds have for 
yeah, I do like their bats right now. Uh, moving on, we also got uh, the Brewers getting it done against the Rangers. 10-1 is the final score there for the Brewers. Uh, Hernan Perez, their utility player. And for those of you who do not know, utility is just somebody who can play a whole lot of different positions. They just haven't found the right one for him yet, obviously. Uh, but he had seven RBIs on two hits. Uh, so really good performance for him. Brewers score a lot of runs in this one. 10-1 to is the final score, like I said. Um... I don't know what to make of the Rangers right now. I didn't see too much of them, obviously. So, moving on. Uh, Bryce Harper uh, made uh, had a meeting with the Dodgers on Sunday. Uh, there's no, uh, I don't, I haven't even heard any numbers out there yet in terms of, of, of a prospective contract. Uh, Dave Roberts, the general manager of the of the of the Dodgers, uh, says that the meeting went went well. Uh, they're doing their their due diligence to to vet this man uh, before they're ready to, to give him a contract. Uh, again, uh, we're looking at well, he definitely wants to get paid more than Manny. Uh, the question is how much more does he get paid than Manny? We do not know that yet. Um, any I've I've been hearing things anything between the realms of of uh, just ten million more up to fifty million more. So. I don't know. Uh, we will have to wait and see. Uh, does he deserve it? I think I think they both deserve the money that they get. But then again, I'm not here to tell people what they should give other men in terms of what they need to pay them. That's not my. I don't. I don't know. Um, I just go. I just. I'm more important. I'm just more. I'm just more into his stats and what he's able to do on the uh, on the diamond. So he's a good baseball player. Uh, is he worth whatever money he's that's due to him? I'll say yeah. Um, he's an all-star, in my opinion. He's proved it, uh, just like just like Manny Machado. I just think it's it's a whole lot of money, and I don't. I, I, <laughs> whatever he's asked, it's a whole lot of money. But again, he deserves it. Uh, he's played some good baseball, um, and again, no, no. Uh, no official word yet. Like I said, no contracts have been drawn up yet. Uh, just visits for for Bryce so far. Uh, I'm not too sure where he's where his mind is at right now. Uh, uh, definitely. But before I do go, I want to give a shout out to Danielle Gibson, softball player out of the University of. Arkansas. Uh, she has re uh, recently, I was, think, believe it was last night, uh, she hit for the home run cycle. No one has ever done that in baseball. And for those who do not know, uh, hitting for the cycle means you, uh, well, uh, for, for home runs, uh, basically she hit a solo home run, a two-run homer, a three-run homer, and uh, she cupped it all off with a grand slam. Uh, did not happen in that order, by the way, but uh, she did all four of those things. Uh, it does not, it has not happened at all in baseball, meaning in softball, in which the ladies play, or in the MLB, in the professional men's league. It has not ever happened. So I wanted to give her a big shout out, pat on the back. Good job. They also got the win last night as well. All right, y'all. So I want to call it a wrap for today. Uh, my next episode, I will be going back into some college basketball again. I will be explaining the NCAA tournament to you guys, uh, giving you some conference seating, also going over some bubble teams. Uh, we will also be going over some NBA news. Of course, we'll be talking about, about the playoffs. They are coming up uh, and whether or not I think the Lakers will be making it there. Um, as well as, uh, yeah, the word on the street. You know how we do. <laughs> All right, y'all. So I'm going to call it a wrap for today. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Uh, y'all take good care of each other. Peace out. One love. I'm out.